The Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. We believe in the coming of the kingdom of God. It is a kingdom where God's purposes will be fully realized. It is marked by small acts of kindness, love, and generosity. This kingdom will reunite what has been separated and restore what has been broken. It is a peaceable kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Join me in the prayer of the day, friends. 
How good it is to praise you, O elusive one, you strider down the other side of heaven, you maker of smells that leap out of food in our kitchens, you maker of late spring leaping trees that blossom, and maker of the rain watering creation. May our breath praise you as we sigh. May our tears for others praise you. May our moments of loneliness praise you. May our co-creating hands planting flowers praise you. May our straining to sing new hymns praise you. May our listening praise you. World without end. Amen. But not everything that we do praises God, and so we use this corporate prayer of confession today. Jesus was a right brain person. He spoke in metaphors, parables, and similes. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. Why didn't he say it straight out? I'd like that. Give me the rules, the structures, the formula for being Christian. Why did Jesus tell the parable about the tower builder in Luke 14 say? He sends an embassy asking for terms of peace. Why didn't he just say we should count the cost of being angry and hostile or that we should simply pursue peace with everyone? I'm more left-brain. I really help it. My culture demands it and values it. I need structure, organization, efficiency. Jesus doesn't seem to worry about these things, and that makes it hard to understand Jesus to put myself in his shoes, well, sandals, to be what he calls me to be. Lord, forgive my arrogance and my trust to superimpose my needs, my organization, my structure on your word, on me, and even on those around me. Please help me to hear and to grasp what is understandable, except by your grace. In Jesus' name I ask you. Amen. If God is for us, who is against us? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. And we have more kingdom illusions in our Old Testament lesson for today. 
We hear of the anointing of David to be made king over Israel. And I invite you to hear God's anointing word to each and every one of us. Then the prophet Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves with me and come to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When he came, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And Jesse said, There remains yet the youngest, but he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him. Now David was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks for reading that story, Pastor Kerry. Um, there's a lot of our children right down front, because we're going to hear from them pretty soon, but there are other children in, scattered throughout the congregation. I invite you to come on up here, and we're going to check out some jewelry. It's not my jewelry. It's Mrs. Boke's jewelry. Yeah. She put this in a bag. This actually, this little cloth bag says Forsyth Jewelers on it. And, and it's not Matt Wall's jewelry either, though he does run Forsyth Jewelers. This is a small chain. And inside is a glass globe, see? And there's something inside the globe. Can you tell what it is? A shell? What do you think? What do you think, Anna? 
Don't know. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It is a seed. This is a mustard seed. And the Bible says, because Jesus told a story about this mustard seed, says it grows to be the largest of all of the shrubs, a great tree, and birds make their homes in it. He said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Well, I got to wondering about that. How could the kingdom of God be like a mustard seed? And it really is. People will tell me, or they may say to you, you, as the children here, are the future of the church. And you know what I think? I think they're wrong. You know why? Because I think you are the church now. Yeah, you're all part of the church as it is now. And so you might feel that you're as small as a mustard seed, but in God's eyes, you are very important. Because God doesn't look on how big we are. Isn't that what Pastor Kerry read, the story? They were looking for a new king. And how many sons did they pass beside Samuel to choose one? Remember? Seven. They were all large and handsome. But we learned that what does God look for? How tall you are? No, God looks on the heart, what we think and who we are on the inside. Faith can be as small as this, but it can grow to be great. Lord God, we give you thanks for this day and that you put great confidence in us, even though we think our faith is as small as this mustard seed. You will help it to grow, that we might lead others to call you our Lord and Savior. Be with us during this time of worship, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think it's going to be fun to learn about the peaceable kingdom. Some people are already decorated for it, aren't they, Rachel? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Well, thanks for coming up. You can either head back or you can head over to Fellowship Hall, but I think I'd stick around if I were you. We have a full sanctuary this morning, as you can tell, not just for the Peaceable Kingdom, but to do two very special commissionings. So I would like to invite, as they are able, our current and um, practicing Stephen ministers to stand, please. All of our Stephen ministers, faithfully in the back for the most part. Congratulations. We are going to renew our commitment to the services that we do. And as we do, since our prayers of the people have been caught up in our opening prayers, I want to remind us of some of the things that Stephen ministers do. Stephen ministers are there for all kinds of nodal events in people's lives, transitions of every kind. And they're not always just the sad ones. For example, when people are trying to discern whether or not they have a call to ministry or if they are trying to decide whether or not marriage is for them or as they are making a a large transition into retirement. There are questions upon which there are times that having a Christian friend, somebody to point to the way of God, is very helpful. And some of those times will also include those times of illness, those times when you are wondering whether or not God is still listening to us, or there might be times when somebody has entered into hospice care. 
and it's very appropriate and helpful to have Stephen ministers. So I am thankful for this quiet, faithful witness of Christian caregiving. And for those Stephen ministers who are able to be present with us today, I have these questions for you. Will you accept assignments of care receivers and care faithfully for them? Will you? Will you attend twice-monthly supervising sessions? Will you? Will you maintain confidentiality of your care receiver? Will you? And a note on that, friends. Stephen Ministry has been in this church for more than 20 years and has kept that confidentiality. It's very important. Will you promote the ongoing strength and effectiveness of the congregation's Stephen Ministry? Will you? Congratulations. Thank you. You may be seated. I'd like to invite Teresa Carter forward. Teresa has undergone 50 hours of training. She's had the joy and privilege of being involved with a Stephen Ministry team in this entire area, and her professor is here today. We're thankful for the ways that her teachers can be here. So, Teresa, we have these questions for you. Are you prepared to serve as a Stephen Minister? Are you? I am. And will you nurture the skills you have learned and use them in service to others to support, encourage, build up, and comfort people in their needs? Will you? Will you serve your care receivers with energy, intelligence, imagination, enthusiasm, and love, relying on God's mercy and rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit? Will you? I will. Friends, would you please join in by standing as you are able? Do we, the members and friends of the First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, agree to open our hearts to the ministry of Teresa and the Stephen ministers who are rededicating themselves and pray for them so they may be effective servants of Christ? Do we? We do. Do we promise to accept their ministry form when we need to help and so we might receive support from our brothers and sisters? Do we? We do. You may be seated and thank you. I would invite all current and retired Stephen ministers to come forward and to lay hands on Teresa as we dedicate her to this ministry. Even our faithful rain folks, we give thanks and praise for rain who are our guests this week in our church. Come on up. Teresa, because you have faithfully promised to serve the Lord Jesus Christ as a Stephen Minister, I commend you to the care and guidance of the Holy Spirit as you in turn care for others. Using the skills that you have learned, may you be a blessing to those for whom you care. As you reflect upon the situations you encounter and pray for those people whose lives you are privileged to share, may you also share your reflections of growth in your peer support group and receive the Christ-like care that you offer to your care receivers. And may the peace of God sanctify you wholly. Amen. Welcome to this ministry, and congratulations on all the hard work that it took to get here. We have these tokens to mark this special occasion for you, and we give thanks and praise for your faithful service. Welcome. Congratulations, friends, and thank you for taking part in our service today.
They're heading back into pews, and I'm going to invite some others to come up to the front of the chancel. These are all those who are going to be heading to Jamaica as part of our jazzy ministry and mission project. If you'd come on up, that'd be great. Uh, this uh, ministry to part of Jazzy was really um, started a number of years ago, and it was a project that was actually hatched in Mozambique. One of our elders, Kurt Herge, and I were in Mozambique, and we were working there, and Kurt leans over one day as we're laying up brick, and he says, you know, I grew up in a place that could really need our help as much as this does. And I said, where's that? He said, Jamaica. I said, and where in Jamaica? He said, outside of Kingston. And so that is how the project began. I said, do you know anybody in Jamaica? He said, yeah, I know Monsignor Richard Albert, who is known on the island of Jamaica as Father Pinkhead. Uh, Isn't that right, Dave? So we agreed to meet Monsignor Richard Albert in New York City on St. Patrick's Day because he was head of the St. Patrick's Foundation. And we came up with a plan to help build a a gymnasium for one of the schools. And he said, "Um, I wish you would rethink that. And um, maybe it would be good if you could come up with an idea of doing something with the children rather than building a building. And so we agreed to meet the next day at St. Monica's in New York. And so Jazzy was born out of that. And uh, as a really a sports camp using the University of West Indies as a home base. Our gifts differ according to the grace God gives us. If your gift is the gift of prophecy, use it as your faith suggests. If administration, then use it for administration. If teaching, use it for teaching. Let the preachers deliver sermons, the almsgivers give freely, the officials be diligent, and those who do works of mercy do them cheerfully. Do not let your love be pretense, but sincerely prefer good to evil and work for the Lord with untiring effort. And I think in that list it would probably be, and if it is running a sports camp, do that. Are you willing to be commissioned to go to Jamaica on our behalf when we can't go there? Are you? Do you welcome this responsibility because you are determined to follow the Lord Jesus, to love neighbors, and to work for the reconciling of the world, do you? Will you serve people with your energy, your intelligence, your imagination, and your love, relying on God's mercy and rejoicing in God's promises through Jesus Christ our Lord, will you? Let us all pray. God of grace, who called us to a common ministry as ambassadors of Christ, trusting us with a message of reconciliation and hope, Give courage to these disciples to follow where you will rightly lead them, that together they might declare your wonderful deeds by the way in which they live, that they will show your love to the people of Jamaica, especially the children in Riverton. We ask it through Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. Amen. Well, bring us back good reports. If you have a problem, call. I don't know what we'll be able to do, but let us know. (laughs) David, you will get them through customs, right? Great, that's great. We love you. God bless you all.
always so inspiring to see how many people go out into the world nurtured by the love of God. We have this collect, friends, that we can share. Gracious God, it is a sign of our times that we look down on small things. Seeds do not impress us. The flicker of a candle, a pinch of yeast, a granule of salt. What are these in the face of wars, poverty, and violence? Exploitation of the earth, addictions, and soul-crushing isolation. Against these forces, you have armed us with nothing but love, joy, peace, and hope, and the power of your Holy Spirit, who called Jesus Christ from the tomb, defeating sin, suffering, sorrow, and the greatest enemy of all, death. Remind us, Lord, of what we too too often forget. Your kingdom is here. It's breaking out every day all around us in ways large and small. Your invitation to us is to be a part of it. For that undeserved grace, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. The Gospel reading for today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise at night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk and then the head and then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all of the seeds on earth. Yet when it is grown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, He spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Jesus did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The word of the Lord.
Please join me in prayer. What shall we offer as a fitting response to your abounding grace, Lord? Will our offerings support prophetic ministry in Pittsburgh? Will they extend a cup of water to the spiritually thirsty or actually life-sustaining food for those with little hope? Will they teach children and adults about you? Will they help maintain a special place of holiness where you are honored? Will they send ambassadors of hope to Kenya or China or Jamaica or the city of Rochester? Will they help youth in our community discover the plans you have for them? We ask that they might do this and more. Please bless our gifts with affirmative answers in which we can rejoice. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake we pray it. Amen.
insecurity. Shalom is the absence of poverty. Shalom is concern for ecology. Shalom is a relationship built on trust.